welcome to the Journey Girl Magic Podcast. I am Nikita Burks-Hill, life coach and your personal journey guide. This podcast is for the wanderers, the doers, and action takers. I'm here to empower women and women of color to live their best lives by showing up, being vulnerable, practicing gratitude, being a badass, and most importantly, enjoying the ride. This imperfect podcast is for you as you live your life and become the best version of yourself. So let's journey together. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Nikita, and welcome to another episode of the Journey Girl Magic Podcast. I hope everyone is doing, you know, doing all right. I know these days are tough, and I know that just there's a lot going on in the world. And so I want to make sure right at the beginning of this episode, I just want you to know that I care about each of you all. I see each of you all, and I am here to support you in whatever way that I can and whatever way you need. So I just want to put that out there to start the episode. Today is the third journey story, and we're going to be journeying with Roxanne Durhage. Roxanne is a mental health and wellness expert, registered psychotherapist, keynote speaker, corporate consultant, trainer, and author. She helps corporate leaders enhance their resilience so they can more effectively manage the various levels of their organizations. By helping them to understand their leadership style and how their stress response may impact their ability to lead effectively, they're able to shift the balance and in turn become better leaders. With over 20 years of experience as a mental health and wellness expert, as well as an executive with the largest health and wellness firm in North America for 15 years, Roxanne is able to utilize her expertise as a psychotherapist to assist companies with their corporate strategies and mental health. Her unique style and approach to leadership has proven to equip management leaders to take their team to a new level of mental health and wellness in the workplace. I am very excited to be journeying with Roxanne today. So let's get started. So Roxanne, thank you so much for agreeing to be with us today on the Journey Girl Magic podcast. Um, We are really excited to be having this conversation and be journeying with you today. So we are just going to jump right in if you are ready. I'm ready. So thanks so much for having me, Nikita. Perfect. So start off by telling us what the word journey means to you. I think journey is uh, something that you don't realize you're on until you stop to reflect that with a lot of things going on in your life that you're actually, we're all on a journey. But sometimes my perception of the word journey is that oftentimes it's something coming about or that's catalytic in your life that stops you to say, whoa, you know, I'm kind (laughs) of, I'm on a road here and um, I've been on this road, but now I'm I don't know if the word forced is to reflect, but oftentimes that's like, that's what I think happens is through adversity. We, you know, we stop and we think, Whoa, you know, what do I need to do now? And I think my, my significant stop, I was getting the cues, but I was ignoring them um, until something quite significant happened, several things actually. And then I stopped and that's, that's where I think I become, became more conscious of the journey and um, you know, kind of started to, make more purposeful changes accordingly. And so with that in mind, you're kind of already leading towards it, but talk to us a little bit about the significant journey that it seems like you're alluding to in your life right now. 
Okay. So I think, I think my journey started, I think, er, you know, early into birth, I was uh, born in a little island of Trinidad and Tobago um, in the Caribbean. So you know, lots of different influences, um, you know, mixture of cultures, grew up very, um, in a very multicultural uh, world. And, you know, loved, loved growing up in the Caribbean. It was, you know, to me, a gift that I think, unfortunately, I won't be able to replicate for my son. But, in it, you know, there was uncertainty because unfortunately with my parents, there was some volatility in their marriage. So I think, and you know, coming from a family of six, you know, started to see things that weren't certain, but there was enough structure and things to kind of keep us together. There was love, but unfortunately there was, a, there was a lot of uncertainty between my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom had had all six of us by the time she was 28, you know, so parenting, um, quite early. And I don't think she had all the supports and skills at that time. So I think that's where my journey started. And, you know, I, I figured out ways to cope, right? Like, uh, even though there was love, there was not safety and security in the true sense of the word. Um, I found academics um, quite early and things that allowed me to focus. And I just went ahead and focused in on the things that I had control over. And kind of created this nice little life as an 11-year-old, you know, going into adulthood that I thought, well, this is going to work for me and found um, what I think I was yearning for, which was kind of safe, supposed safety and security quite young in my partner and um, spent, met him at 18, got married at 21 and separated at 44. And that's where I think the journey began truly, because that's when I was, um, you know, abruptly stopped to start to reflect on some of the changes that, that, that were definitely necessary. And, uh, and that's, that's with the abrupt stop. That's where I, I truly believe that I became conscious of what the journey was for me in life. Thank you for sharing that. And that glimpse of it's really important for us and for yourself as we journey through life to see where our journey began. Um, a lot of our later life is a reflection of our, the beginning of our lives and in many different ways from the things that we gravitate towards to what we hold close to ourselves, to what we shy away from and what we just don't tolerate. And so I think it's important to have that frame of mind and that focus to take us through a long life. So with that in mind, what I really like to go through with the guests I have on the show is talking through our five steps to starting your imperfect journey and how that shows up in your current life. So with that focus on your marriage and then the divorce and then this new life, talk to me a little bit about how the idea of showing up how that has played into that journey. Well, I think the, the, I think the universe always gives you the clues. And um, I was just, you know, strong enough to bowl over them because I wasn't ready to see them (laughs) strong or weak, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, And I looked for safety and security. He was, you know, when we met, you know, you're kind of free and you're, you know, you're, you're kind of looking for different things. And that what I was trying to do was to ensure that I didn't replicate some of the things that I'd seen, which was instability, infidelity. Um, there was violence that I saw as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, well, nobody's ever going to touch me. But in, inadvertently, I, I, the term is reenactment from a clinical perspective. I reenacted and picked someone that I, I often say is look at the packaging because the packaging may, be complete, may appear uh, very, very different but hidden in there were some of the implicit kind of messages about um, uh, the lack of, lack of uh, emotional attentiveness. Uh, so I think even though I had not completely replicated, I'd re- replicated certain things. So the showing up was that I knew I wanted something different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I made a choice with someone, you know, who obviously didn't repeat the exact pattern. Um, and for me, what started to happen is I had my son at 35. Uh, so prior to that, I was pretty you know, career driven and we were, you know, we were both kind of just single people living a pretty good life without, I would, I would call it, I call it the big R responsibility. And uh, when that responsibility came, that's when I think things really start to fall, fall apart. Because to me, truly, that's where I would say the core of emotional needs sits, you know, because now you're staged out from just being available for each other to kind of increase that space to create another branch uh, for, for family, for ch- a child, for the needs of someone else, for putting your needs on the back burner, those types of things. So I asked for it implicitly and explicitly and uh, kept hoping that things would come along. And the clues showed that it really wasn't happening, but I kept, you know, I'm a bit of a deer in the headlights kind of person. Mm-hmm. I figure, you know, we all can make mistakes, you know, let's just kind of plug along. And as also being a psychotherapist, you know, you have to, practice what you preach. So let's, let's, that was my thing. And except the clues kept showing up and what eventually happened was there was a separation. There was a reconciliation. And then there was, uh, you know, after that it, it became glaringly more obvious that I needed to do something different because in fact, I was giving up my power to someone else, hoping that he would uh, basically yeah, pick up his 50% of the load. And unfortunately, I, after four years of reconciliation, I, I started to look at it and go, well, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, time for me to kind of, you know, show up and start making some decisions, at which point there was a sequence of events um, that happened, which, you know, um, it's something bigger that helped me. I'm going to, I'm going to believe that that help came from somewhere. Um, I was physically knocked out by someone, a complete stranger on the street. Um, I lost my corporate job of 16 years. And then I said, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I'm leaving. And I, I truly think that the show up was forcing myself because I got physically, I had to recover. And then, um, you know, not having the income, that obviously played a, a very, I'm going to see glaringly um, heightening um, space within the marriage now because you have socioeconomics coming into it. And then I said, to me, I said, you know, I can't, I had, at this point, my son was eight and I, I really truly wanted to demonstrate to him that two people can have a life and have a very long life together, but to be able to recognize that sometimes you have, you're better off going better ways or different ways for the best interests of a child. And I wanted him to learn that and to see that. So I think that's where the show up came. I, I said, you know, put on your uh, big, big girl pants and start to walk, walk forward because if you really want to mo- role model this, you have to do something different. Right. And something that you mentioned that really stood out was talking about this idea of really looking at the packaging. And if we break that down to each package is made up of ingredients. And so then in our lives, if we don't pay attention to those ingredients, a lot of foods and a lot of our situations have those same ingredients. And it's those small details that we have to be aware of that we usually come to be more aware of that we realize that the package may look different, but they're made up of the same thing. And it's recognizing and looking at that. Um, I think that allows us to recognize, realize, grow and move forward. Right. And to, to some degree, I think my, I had in my little mind of 11 or 12 of what quote unquote, this image or this perception of this relationship was going to be. But Truly, I truly believe that it was developmentally skewed in that I had no real sense of what that was going to look like because I had not learned 
to listen internally uh, throughout my life. I truly believe I Yes, I did. But truly, did I know what it was like to not bat away those messages that, oh, you know, he's not following through or he's not available or, you know, those types of things. Oh, and I would kind of defer to it's a one-off. It's a one-off. So I think in retrospect, in my book, um, a therapist in Sarah's guide. I actually analyzed my own life in this book. So that's, that's kind of what the show up was um, when I lost my job and I left him, I had no job. So I was like, okay, so like, what do I do now? I'm going to write about what I know, which is relationships. And then I decided to analyze my own life. So I looked at my life from the lens, like I was just giving therapy to myself. And then the reader can actually go through all the relationships in their life. And that was my give back to say, you know, Sometimes we make choices. Sometimes they may be short-sighted in some arenas. It was a successful situation while it lasted. But um, what can you learn from my journey, uh, having you know been in you know in the field as a, a relationship expert, but also look, letting you look into my life and kind of um, how I made my choices, but also how you could also do the same and look at yours and really dig deep into what is it that you really want. Going on to step two with be vulnerable. Talk to me about that decision of this is no longer serving me. I'm showing up, but I'm not showing up maybe in the way that I need to. It's just not meeting my needs anymore. So being vulnerable, having to make the decision to leave that relationship, to take your son and and move on. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how vulnerability plays a role in that. Well, I think it's, it's, I knew I was going But I think I was, you know, that internal muscle kept kind of clicking back and forth, you know, okay, I'm going, no, I'm not going, you know. And uh, I think what finally started to happen was as um, I looked at the behavior for what it was and the sorries were no longer enough because they really, there was no depth to the sorry because I always say it's a word, but the only thing that backs up a word is action. And I started to really start to look at it and say, is this how you want to feel or experience a relationship? Because it's, it's feeling uh, pretty horrific on the inside. And uh, I, I started to, you know, uh, travel a bit more at that time and, you know, to get away. And I'd gone to Europe for 10 days. And at that time, you know, things were pretty tenuous. And I think just having the distance to and experiencing new things, you know, had never been to Europe before and just, Uh, Even though I was stressed, I could kind of disconnect and look at the world in a different way and kind of see what I wanted different. And and that's that's what made I came back. And what had happened was I'd already started to work on the papers, but he served me to circumvent the process, which I kind of say in retrospect. And I never looked back after that, Nikita. I just I got served. I was sitting in my kitchen uh, next door and. The doorbell rang and I went to the door. I was still in my robe because I had, you know, come in after a long flight from uh, England the day before. And there was a server at my door and, and he and he goes, you know, he says, are you Roxanne Dorfodge? I said, absolutely I am. He goes, consider yourself served. And I started to giggle because <laughs> wow, <laughs> it took me off guard. And I, and I looked at him and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, no need to be sorry. Thank you very much. And that was it. And I literally had I did not look back after that that time and so I think I kind of circumvented the, the vicious circle at that point and, and stepped off the carousel and and, and um, you know proceeded from there. Wow so much power in that just really realizing like oh as you said in your own words I've given this person my power for way too long and 
I know I need to leave. And now they're still trying to have power in the situation. And you know what? This is it. Like I'm now seeing clearly where I'm at, where I need to be. And it is not here. And so just Mm -hmm. completely moving on. Um, Let's talk about, because that's a lot of stuff, a lot of seemingly heavy things. What role did gratitude, which is our third step, uh, practicing gratitude, what role did that play in this journey for you? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, I often say that now we talk about gratitude, right? But I think I was always a very, um, because of what I do, but just my personality, I'm very, I'm very optimistic. My culture, I'm, you know, in the Caribbean culture, it's, it's very warm, it's kind, even though there was dysfunction in my family, there was a lot of family connection. And so what I did is I did small things. I, I focused on my son, because I was so, you know, I also think that he's got, you know, he's the gift, right? Like, I, I know you have children too. And it's like, I started to just focus on the little things with him. And I, I you know, I started to, I always spent a lot of time with him, but now I, because I wasn't working 80 hour weeks, I could just relish in that time and, and play with him and, you know, do a lot of things. And I, every year I'd throw him a special birthday party and I, you know, I would get right into it. So I think I started to look at, even though all these things were happening, I was so privileged to be able to be who I was. I started to teach really quickly at the university, you know, like stuff started to come back. And then I had just my mental well-being. Uh, back, which is such a gift that I, I, I saw, right? So I think I just start to look at the basic things around me, like, you know, get, getting up and being able to look out at the woods in my backyard and um, uh, see how grateful, even though uh, my family was there completely for me and my son and uh, things like that. And just having get little get togethers with my friends and just having bonfires in the summer and those types of things. So I think just getting back to those things and the phone calls. I was always the helper based on my role. And of course, when you're in my kind of role, you're always in control. And I was always the one there for everybody else. So I think what became glaringly obvious for me is that everybody was waiting to see what I was going to do. And I think the, in a way that the, you know, the university had said, here's your test. And I picked up the, and everybody that I needed, I reached out to say, to say, well, I need you now. Well, I need to have a bit of a laugh. I need to somebody to kick my ass and tell me what to do next and those types of things. And then I think that's what really helped me because I looked around and saw that everything I needed was truly around me, but it was really dependent on me now saying, okay, well, I need you. And I was very, very grateful. It didn't matter time of day or night, um, whatever my son or I needed everyone around us already stepped up. So that really, I think, helped me get through so many things because I was grateful. I had, yes, my marriage was over and things were a bit of a mess, but I had all these other things that I had re- always had in my life, which I think um, I just relished in it and, and took it in more. And at times I felt numb, absolutely. Uh, but then that's when I would just use the people around me just to remind me, you know, why I was doing what I was doing and what the benefit was and what kind of things I needed to look forward to in my life. Right. And that, I mean, when you were just saying the idea of always helping others and then making the decision, like I now needed help. And so that just gave me chills because that's something that really resonates with myself as a, being a, a life coach, a journey coach, as being a mother, a wife, a daughter, and all the other things in between you're always serving others. Um, and that's where my passion comes from. But that's also where my drain is because it takes mm. a lot out of it. And so realizing I need help. I need to reach out to my community, which is something I always talk about. I can't do this alone. We can't do this life and this journey alone is a pretty badass move. Which takes <laughs> us to our step four of being a badass. 
What does that mean to you when I say well, being a yeah, badass? I think, I mean, well, I, I thought about it. People have said to me, have you not, did you not think this through? You know, you went from a six-figure income, you know, you didn't have a job, uh, you know, you, you came back and you didn't think about, well, maybe I should just kind of wait to get back on my feet, you know, and now I look back and people will say that when they interview, like, how did you do it? I said, I just, I don't know. I, I just knew that. I felt like my, my soul was screaming so loud that I had no choice to do it. And I just kind of followed the pebbles in the road to say, okay, well, what do I do next? And what do I do next? And, and like I said, like, I mean, it took me a while to build. And, and I, this thought came to, why don't I just write a book? Well, I don't know where that came from. I'd already never thought about that, maybe in passing as a, a fleeting thought. And out of nowhere, being exposed to some business people and, and, you know, I'd been in corporate consulting, been in psychotherapy since I was 21. And I thought, oh, why not? So I think that's where you kind of look at the bigger space around you and say you get taken care of. Yes, you got to get up and there's stuff you got to do, right? Like, you know, when I was teaching university, I had to drop off my son at 6.30 in the morning to my girlfriend's next door and, and, and leave him and come back and get him and all those things. And, you know, I was piecemealing, putting back a career together. So I think that's the badass part about it. And I think that's what I want women to hear is that, yes, you know, there is always something out there and you have to really stay connected to what you really know within yourself is going to be good for you. And um, it's going to show itself, whatever that's going to be, whether it's going to be, you know, you're the best volunteer mom at the school because I was that when, when I didn't have a job and that brought something back to me. So just to really listen and think, what can I do today? What small thing can I do even when it doesn't make sense? Take some step um, towards something that you enjoy that could bring you back some kind of joy to take that next step in life. What I usually talk about being a badass is really harnessing your power and moving forward with them. So that, that hits the nail on the head. So our final step, the idea of enjoying the ride. And even though that the journey may be tough, even though the journey is a lot how do you still manage to enjoy the ride of your current journey? I think just to go back to the basics, like, you know, I think of who makes me, me. And I think if I were to ask anybody around me, they would say that I'm authentic. Um, I'm connected. So I look around myself and my external world now has to fit my internal world. So I think that's what I try to do. And, and when I'm stuck with something, I really try to go inside and slow down. And, and if I'm feeling horrible, it's for a reason. So the very thing that may have got me into this, going back to the beginning of my life, now I actually use the polar opposite to say, why am I feeling like this? My body is screaming at me. It's screaming at me for a reason. And how is it, what kind of message am I, am I needing to connect with here? So I think going into that internal space because you know what the funny, funny thing, Nikita, is every other part of my life was phenomenal. That's the thing. Great friendships, great family relationships. But that one part, that one blind spot, you know, was the one that I chose to ignore because it was one of those things that I, I honestly believe it was a life experience I needed to go through in this lifetime. And, uh, you know, I, I say to people, just think about, and this is something that a legacy piece that I say, you know, um, you know, and it's a therapeutic technique too, is if you were on your deathbed and, you know, who would be around that deathbed and what experiences would they be sharing with you as they're saying their goodbyes? And I always try to think about that 
um, when I make decisions now in the present day in my 50s, you know, for kind of looking forward because I realize that we have everything we want around it. And if we need to make change, we also have to be a bit of a badass to make that change if we're ignoring what keeps coming at us because it'll keep coming at you, right? If you ignore it, you could probably do it for a bit like I did 25 years, which was a bit of a slow lane, but eventually I learned that lesson. And um, I would say, just go inside, you know, spend that small time, go for those walks, do the things that you know nurtures your soul in whatever way. So many of us do it in different ways because without that gift to yourself, what you do is you give up that control uh, outside of yourself, right? And really the, the answers are always in here. It's, we, we were born with it. We might get pricked and prodded to kind of get away from it. <laughs> and life circumstance will continue to do that. But the more that you put it into practice, eventually, you know, you can, you can always go inside and figure it out. With that, um, kind of wrapping it all up. And again, thank you for just taking us on this journey, taking us on your life journey of a turning pivotal moment and how you picked yourself back up, how you had to realize um, I talk a lot about roadblocks. So on your journey, you've got these roadblocks and these obstacles, and they may not seem like it. Um, I also have what we call billboards. And so you go through life and you see signs and you may pass by a billboard and notice it, but don't do anything about it. And then suddenly right. there's this billboard and you're like that. Yeah, that means I'm going to run into now. that one. If I, if, I, if I see it again, I'm going to go smack into the middle of it. <laughs> exactly. And so thank you again for just sharing your stories, sharing your life and sharing your, sharing your journey. How can my community find you and keep in touch with you? Because um, I know this episode is definitely going to resonate with them. Well, uh, you can go to my website, which is roxanderhodge.com. Uh, I do have the book available if that would be something that people might be interested in. But I also have a course on the book, which is a six module course where people can work through. It's not it's certain elements of what they need to learn to get more connected and healthy in relationships relationships with themselves, how to learn, how to do the, some of the things that we discussed today. Um, and obviously I have my podcast too, if they're ever wanting to, to listen in. Um, I do talk, cover a lot of um, resilience topics and um, mental health topics um, and mental well-being. Um, and it's called Authentic Living with Roxanne. They also could just get to that uh, via my website. Wonderful. Again, thank you so much for taking the time today to journey with us and I know that our listeners will be connecting and we will journey again soon. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, Nikita. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. I'm so appreciative and grateful for your time and your listening ear. Show notes for this episode can be found at journeygirlmagic.com slash podcast and by clicking on today's episode. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to the Journey Girl Magic podcast to be the first to know when a new episode becomes available. You can also leave a review and let me know how this podcast is helping you on your journey. I read them all. I look forward to journeying with you next week. And remember, it's your journey. So show up, be vulnerable, practice gratitude, be a badass, and most importantly, enjoy the ride. Welcome to your journey.